Welcome to the Starting With One podcast, Success Leaves Clues series with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that is different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts. Welcome back to the Starting With One podcast, Success Leaves Clues series. Today's episode is sponsored by Life and Legacy Advisory Group. We believe sound financial advice improves people's lives. We're also brought to you by ARIA Benefits. We help visionary business leaders to grow their companies through attracting and retaining top talent. I'm your host, Robin Bailey, here with my co-host, the Earl of Estate Planning, Al McDonald. Al, happy Friday. How's your day going? It's going great so far. And again, looking forward to another full day of podcast recording with some great guests. So yeah, looking forward, especially to our, our first guest. And we have a global audience now. So I'll just mention we're heading into it's, it's podcast Friday, which makes it a great day, but we're also heading into a long weekend, which makes it an even better day. The day is going to get even better as soon as we start chatting with today's guest. Jim Kutrubis from Kozier Consulting Engineers joins us. And as the firm name suggests, Jim is a professional engineer with over 31 years of experience. He has an entrepreneurial business style, results-oriented leadership, and a collaborative approach to everything that he does. Jim is also a recipient of the prestigious Queen Elizabeth II Jubilee Medal from the Office of the Governor General of Canada. You are definitely the first guest with that honor. We, uh, we haven't chatted with someone who's had that, so that's, uh, that's awesome to hear. Jim, just great to have you on the show. Good morning, Rob and Al. Thank you. It's an honor to be on the podcast today. I've been an avid listener on the podcast for the past few months now, and I'm always amazed and very inspired by all the past guests and their success stories, so I'm honored to be on the show. Well, speaking of past guests, we do have to send a shout out to Costa Mentis. Costa has been one of our favorite people, and we're so glad he's in our network now. But of course, one of the great things about the podcast is you get to have these conversations that you might not otherwise have during you know, the course of your regular business day. And when you meet good people, and I think you'll agree with this, Jim, good people seem to know other good people. And of course, Costa introduced me to you. We had that initial conversation. And I guess my only regret after that conversation, I said to Alice, I said, I wish I had hit record. That was such a great conversation. That could have been the episode. So maybe yep. today we can get into round two. How's that sound? Perfect, perfect. I'm sure you'll be back with Costa. He's probably the newest billionaire coming up next few years. So track him, follow him. He's Yeah, he is an so awesome he's, guy. Uh, I'm definitely so glad. someone to follow, yeah. Definitely. And I'm a little bit nervous because I've got two engineers on the podcast. Al's background is alumni engineering as well. (laughs) So, you know, if you two want to nerd out, go right ahead. But he's aerospace. So I mean, I'm civil. (laughs) Well, let's well, let's talk about that. That's a good starting point, you know, for you, because it's, you know, maybe not everybody thinks that way, but I'm sure a certain amount of the population. What makes civil engineering so interesting to begin with? Well, I think it's uh, it's something that I got into because I love doing structural type things, uh, land development, and just general engineering in, in principle, uh, mechanical, electrical. So you get a lot of cross-discipline stuff work that happens as well. So for me, I always wanted to be a nuclear physicist when I was in grade eight, but I saw how much work you had to do and you had to be really nerdy then. But when I hear things like aerospace, stuff like that, maybe you should apply for that. But Al, just an amazing uh, feat uh, and very, very important field of engineering. So I I, I jump into civil. Yeah, no no regrets. I mean, but as you get going, 
uh, you learn in different disciplines, uh, math, sciences, or things you learn as you go up and you say, why am I learning differential equations? Well, you never use them, but in civil engineering, it teaches you how to think. It teaches you how to think analytically, right? So I always love that to come up with an answer and build something you can walk on or live in or drive over. That was always intrigued me. And it's important to see, you know, pictures of my dad sitting on a bridge or something that I helped plan or design or whatnot. But that's a lifelong uh, memory so as well. Plus, with my Greek background, we built a lot of things like Parthenons and other things as well, too, and a lot of infrastructure, right? So with the Romans, we taught the Romans everything, right? So the Greeks. So uh, engineering is <laughs> just a natural fit, right? So anyhow, that's my civil engineering uh, diatribe there. But <laughs> Now, you're, in part of your answer, you were saying when you were younger, you had thought about becoming a nuclear physicist. Can I ask how old were you when you were starting to think about that? Oh, man, grade seven, that's what, 12 oh or something, God. 12 years old. And yeah, you just hear the title, nuclear physicist. Ooh, wow, nuclear, nuclear plants. and But a lot of math and science, a lot of years to learn all the different higher maths and you name it. So, yeah. I don't imagine a lot of seven or eight-year-olds are thinking about being a nuclear physicist. I definitely wasn't. So that's, yeah. again, yeah. another first on the podcast that uh, yeah. someone, that was their aspirations <laughs> at a young age. That's great. great. <laughs> So, Jim, we talked a little bit before we started. Uh, we're both yeah. Ryerson grads, although it's not Ryerson anymore. Now I think it's been renamed to... Uh, Toronto Mel- Metropolitan right. University. Yes. <laughs> TMU. 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 Yeah. Got to get new jackets and new degrees, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So we talked a little bit about that before. So can you talk a little bit about why you chose Ryerson or TMU, as it's known now, and the civil engineering program? And maybe just talk sure. a little bit about why you went into that again and the university itself. Yeah, I mean, once you graduate grade 13 at the time, I mean, you're looking at different options. I looked at maybe applying to GMI Detroit to design cars. And, and Ryerson at the time was a separate application. It was Ryerson Polytechnical Institute at the time. And they were just starting their four-year degree program in civil engineering. So well, let me try that. It's a four-year degree. I toured U of T, Waterloo, Queens, accepted to all of them. You know, Queens is way out east and Waterloo is way down south. And Toronto was the other locally in town. Toronto, I have cousins I stayed with. But uh, Ryerson, when I toured Ryerson's, the students that toured it were more personal to me. They showed me the labs. They showed me the life down in Toronto, downtown. And I just felt uh, they were more personal touch, I think. Uh, plus, Ryerson also had a program where it's less theory, more more practical type engineering. So U of T is a great school. All of those schools are awesome schools. I work with engineers from all those schools and Western and Guelph, you name it. All great schools. I just I just felt uh, a more personal touch. And that's why I chose Ryerson to to learn more of the theory, but also the practical side and civil engineering, especially, right? So I love civil engineering. It's a broad range of things you can learn. It's cross-discipline. You learn about mechanical, electrical works, so land development, bridge design, structural, mechanical, it's, you know, pump station design, things like that. So it's a broad range. You're not in a little niche little thing, doing one thing, uh, but it opened up a lot of different avenues of uh, my career past three years or so. Yeah, I found the same thing. And, and that was uh, one of the reasons I went to Ryerson as well, um, was the the small class size. It was a, a little yeah. bit more intimate and personal. Yeah. Uh, you got to know your, uh, you know, your buddies a little bit better than yeah. sitting in a, a huge lecture room. Uh, exactly. And, uh, yeah. You know, just feeling like you're one of many. So yeah. again, we talked before we got on here, civil engineering, aerospace, mechanical. In the first year, they're all together. So common. Uh, yeah. 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 Even when I was there, I knew a few of the guys yeah. in civil engineering. So yeah, it's a great school. I'm listening to you guys speak and it brings back my memories of being at York University and sitting in this massive lecture hall. And of course, I'm dating myself, but we didn't, you know, it wasn't as easy as messaging your friend on your on your iPhone and say, hey, meet yeah. me here. 
And the campus was so large at York, unless you really planned to meet up with people, you'd, you'd never run into people. And now, now it's even bigger, of course. So I can definitely see how that, you know, that smaller, more intimate um, environment would have been appealing. Jim, I was hoping to pick your brain a bit, because as you know, ideally in the employee benefits market. So for my clients, we're always looking at attracting employees into firms, you know, retaining them. So maybe I could ask a a two-part question. Number one, how did you end up at your firm now? And is there anything unique about where you are today that keeps you there? The answer is pretty simple. I mean, I've been in engineering now for all 30, 31 years. I think about 13 of them in municipal government, senior municipal director of the fourth largest municipality, York Region, town of Newmark at the time, and uh, the rest of the 19 years of consulting. So for me, uh, when I left the town of Newmark, I just won the Queen's Diamond Jubilee Medal at the time. I saw an opportunity to, to take my skills and approvals and government agency and move to the private sector consulting. And I touched base with a couple of friends, Jim Firth, uh, one of our vice presidents and partners, I uh, was a year ahead of me at Ryerson, called me up and they said, hey, what are you doing? We're, we want to open up another office. And uh, they had two offices at the time, one in Milton and Collins, is Trojan Associates, at 51 staff back in 2014. I'll get to where we are now, but uh, later later on. But I met with Chris Trojan. Chris Trojan sat across from me in the table as junior engineers. He was a developer's consultant across the table from me, looking at designs, subdivision designs in Innisfil and Barry Springwater. And we all used to banter back and forth and used to bug me and say, you know, my drawings better than, than I do, right? So, I mean, we've we got camaraderie and friendship with Jim Firth, our mother Ryerson alumni ahead of me. I was designing golf courses at the time for uh, another firm. And uh, I guess they all came together back in 2004, started Crozier Consulting Engineers. And I wish I had joined them back then. But, uh, you know, a few years later in 2014, 10 years later, in fact, uh, they called me and brought me in. And it's a great team. I, I started with two offices and 51 staff. Now we have over 300 staff, four offices and growing. We really grew this past couple of years. So it's amazing the uh, entrepreneurial style that Chris Crozier, our principal brings, our president, Nick Mulcan, as well. He just recently won the Entrepreneurial Award for the Croatian Chamber of Commerce. Uh, awarded that to him recently. So He's got an amazing story as well, how he came to Canada from Croatia, his whole family. Just, oh man, that's a whole show in itself, probably. I should recommend uh, you speak to him as well. But the company itself, Kevin Morris, the other partner, VP, all our top guys treat us with respect, entrepreneurial style business. And uh, that's what keeps me there. I'm an associate now for the past four years since 2018. We're growing fast and more offices. And uh, hey, the company is over 300 people now, right? So it's it's going to... Be, um, I like to say uh, Chris Crozier recommends things to us, our principal, like read this book called Good to Great. Jim Collins uh, wrote the book. It's a really good book. I think most uh, business minds read these type of books. And I think that's, we, I mean, we're a good company, but we're going to be a great company. And uh, we have a strategic plan that we're rolling out uh, next week to all our staff. And I think that's the plan going forward that I don't know how big we're going to get, but I mean, Ontario is just a footstep to the rest of Canada and probably parts of the United States. We have some allegiances there. Some other southern states, it's called one state in Florida somewhere there, but with one good consultant there, done some past work with them. But I don't know how big it's going to get, but it's an interesting ride so far. It sounds like a great culture. And, and it is yeah. one of the things, I mean, we've adapted pretty quickly. And, and I would say Aria Benefits is a remote first company now, just sheer volume of people that we have to talk to. But I remember when I used to go, and be able to walk around in firms like yours and, and get yeah. to feel that culture. And it is truly one of the things that I miss, but I was getting excited as you were talking about it. Cause as, as you know, Al and I and our other business partner are building a firm. And of course we're trying to create that culture. And, you know, you said a couple of things there. And number one was respect. 
And it sounds like that is happening. And I think that's incredibly important. And, and, and unfortunately, you don't always see that sometimes in firms. And I think that's where things go awry. But you also talked about the people at the helm of that company. And I do think that culture really is driven by the example and the entrepreneurial. If that entrepreneurial feel is coming down from the top, then that's going to flow through the whole company. So I think that's important. I'm going to jump on another question because Al has a signature question where we're going to wrap up with. But before we get to that, let's talk about the next generation. So we've got young engineers coming up. What advice would you give to them? Because you you have the benefit now of looking back and saying, hey, I might have done things a little bit differently. What advice would you give to up and coming young engineers? Well, I think it's important engineering. I think to always be positions for engineering, whether it's civil, traffic, structural, mechanical, electric, you name it. But you have to find the right fit. And the key word you mentioned uh, recently was the culture. Culture is key. I generally enjoy coming back in the office, which you're doing more of this week. I'm in at least three days a week now, more frequently. Now that COVID has you know, subsided, hopefully it's going to be gone for a while, but who knows uh, what's going to happen in the future. But to see my colleagues, a lot of new staff, that's, that's the big thing that we talk about is like, we got over 300 staff. I think just before COVID, we only had like maybe 200 staff. We got another 100 staff that if I see them on the street, I, I might know their name, but I, I don't know who they are unless it's someone on a Zoom call or something or a Teams call, right? So we got to get back to in the offices and have a few barbecues, get-togethers, you name it. But seeing the new EITs and, and seeing what they're doing. We had a young guy the other day just started on Monday. I'm in the office on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, and I walk in, how's it going? What are you working on? And he's explaining it, how excited he was to – actually work on uh, something uh, that uh, you can go in the field and look at and, you know, hey, do you need some pointers? Yeah, sure. I mean, I always ask permission. I don't tell people what they need to do. They say, hey, you need some help. And it's amazing how they're excited to, you know, they walk in your office and knock on the door. Hey, I, I have a question. I'm sorry to bother you. Well, no, not bother me. Come on in. The door's always open, right? So I just see myself in them when I was uh, you know, starting my first job, right? But that's the atmosphere we culture, uh, you know, you know, the, the culture we have in our office. Uh, we're supportive. We try to support our staff. There's other things we've done in the company, uh, I can tell you later, but you know, we were pretty innovative in a new RSP program that the ownership group through Nick Mokin, our president, that we got a lot of press on it last year. I think we got 10 staff that we've given them $20,000 to buy a new house. The housing costs are getting crazy. So initiatives like that, our strategic plan, make this company a good company. It's going to be a great company. So that's why when I look at engineers, make sure it's a fit. Maybe it's a good fit. Ask about RSPs. Ask about the pension plans. Ask about work from home and things like that, right? So make it a proper fit to you so you're happy you're working there. And you can, your career can grow and prosper. Jim, I was out to lunch recently with someone. And you know this person's within about five years of retirement. And I said, you know, what's important to you? And, you know, she turned to me and she said, I want to be able to, I've been in this business a long time. I have tons of experience. And I want to provide that knowledge transfer. That was really important to her. And I was so happy to hear that because I think, you know, there are, obviously there are some people that are, you know, they're going out, they're going out. That's it. Just do my time and then I'm going to get out. So, you know, when you were talking about young engineers coming to you and getting that experience, I mean, boy, if we think back in our careers and if we had had those people, and I I was lucky enough to have some of those people up myself that you could go to, it makes such a difference in not only the culture that we're talking about, but your, but your own progressive as a person, you know, your yeah. own progression. So I loved hearing that answer. And I think Al's signature question is, is going to probably just expand on that <laughs> a little more. So Al, I'll let you take it away. Well, before we get into that, I do want to go back to this question a little bit, because I thought maybe your advice to upcoming engineers might be 
don't do it. Because I remember how <laughs> hard those yeah. four years were yeah. when I went through engineering. And honestly, they were they were the toughest four years of my life. Yeah. There's no, no doubt about it. That's However, sure. you did touch on the rewards. And when I was in that world after I graduated, um, you're right. It is rewarding to see what you build. And a very collaborative environment usually yeah. it has to be because there's kind of things that you can't do by yourself. You have to talk to other people. So yeah. anyway, I'm glad you didn't say don't do it. But no, no, <laughs> I thought that might be your answer. It. <laughs> I know, but I, I know we've always debated once you get your four years um, degree, there's a, uh, I graduated with a two-year requirement to get your professional engineer's license. The new EITs, engineers in training now have to work four years for your license. And we always joked about, yeah, now you got your seal as a professional engineer, now, but you're afraid to stamp the first drawing because there's liability. Right? So you're always That's afraid right. to make that first stamp, right? So yeah, yeah, <laughs> we, exactly. we kids the new engineers about that. We give them a little penguin award because uh, PNG penguin, we have a little penguin award we give to new engineers. We take little photos and put them on our uh, website. And okay, you got your seal now. You want to stamp that first reported drawing? Maybe, maybe not. Can we just get away with not sealing it? No, no, you have to seal it. So <laughs> sign your life away. <laughs> so here we go then. We're going to finish up with our final question. The question is this. There's a saying. I'm not exactly sure where it came from, but yeah. <laughs> it goes, a society grows great. When old persons plant trees in whose shade they will never sit. So can you talk a little bit about any proverbial trees that you're planting that uh, um, you'll never see the benefit from, but someone interesting else Interesting quote. I'm going to have to check out who said that afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I mean, proverbial trees planting for sure. I mean, that's my role as a senior associate in the company. You know, we're bringing a lot of new staff and new uh, engineers in training across the spoon, traffic, civil, structural, mechanical, electrical. I deal mainly with the civil and traffic staff doing designs for land development. But I think planting those trees is uh, to help them mentor them, to help them with focusing on their career in terms of what they need to do, how they do their work, making sure that they get the proper training, give them constructive criticism. Uh, I say constructive criticism, but just good uh, advice on their report writing skills we got training for that too we have an in-house skills uh, report writing person that reviews all those things so i mean you got to use those resources and uh, to help them along with their career so you plant those trees of support as well we're there to help them to assist them to mentor them to grow the company right so we want them to stay we want them when they first come in to be you know 25 year gold watch people later on that end up being the president of the company so we have a lot of good young staff that are a lot younger than me i can't wait to see them become president and vice presidents of the company you know, 10, 15 years from now, right? And I'm off in my little island in Santorini somewhere. I'm going, oh, oh, oh look, look at the president, vice president of the Crozier and Association. Awesome. That's cool. Yeah. So that, that really makes me, chokes me up a bit when I see staff that reach that level. So anyways, <laughs> I get a little choked up here, but because I've seen a lot of staff come in, you see them really green. They're not sure how to do things. Where do I find this? And they slowly learn and they're getting these top clients and they're expanding, getting more work, you know, bringing millions of dollars worth of work and supporting the company and helping grow the company. And then, then they're learning, they're teaching their staff that are coming in below, right? So I think the best compliment I have is if when I retire is someone says, hey, remember that Jim guy? Yeah, that, yeah, Jim, the associate, yeah, Jim, Jim K. Yeah, he, he did well. I mean, he helped us out a lot. He gave us a lot of good advice. Uh, I hope he's doing well in Santorini, so... But anyways, <laughs> or wherever I end up with hopefully good health and whatever else. But that's my best compliment. And that's, I've had a couple of those in the past that just choke you up. So anyways, I'll leave it there right now because I'm getting choked up now. Right, seeing that success. And, you know, you plant those trees, but you want the fruit to come out too. And that's great. And I hope you pay it forward, as I said. So 
Well, that's a great answer. Yeah. I can tell from uh, from your that you're passionate, obviously, about collaborating with younger people and helping yeah. them out and helping them learn and helping them yeah. grow. So that's great. Yeah, I'm listening to that answer. And, and of course, I have the benefit of watching you and I can see you're getting choked up a little bit. Yeah. And I just think that's awesome because Jim, to me, and again, I knew this from the first conversation that we had, it just says so much about who you are. And it is honestly, it is truly an honor to now be connected with you. I thank Costa again for making this introduction. This was an unbelievable episode. I just enjoyed this so much. So I'm going to wrap it up here. I'm going to say thank you for joining us today and and sharing your story. I think our listeners are going to get so much out of this. You're so authentic. It's been great. What's the best way for people to reach out to you if they have questions about yourself or what you're doing at Crozier? I'm on LinkedIn, so um, check out Jim Contribus on LinkedIn. I mean, it's more of a corporate profile, but that's my direct connection. But any other personal type items, sure. Um, I'm I'm on Facebook as well, and I am looking after uh, a lot of different things uh, as well. But reach me at Crozier & Associates, cfcrozier.ca. I'm there for any questions, comments. And hey, if anyone has any comments about, hey, who's the best civil engineer to hire to do a retaining wall in my backyard or something? Give me a shot. I got to go to landscaping names and things like that. But I mean, it's less than four feet tall. You don't need an engineer to, to stamp it. But yeah, we'd love to get more business students. It doesn't matter. But, you know, we deal with a lot of the bigger developers. But hey, give me a shot anytime. You want to ask any questions, why not? Some free advice on who to contact for any engineering type services. Sure. I know a lot of electrical engineers, uh, mechanical, electrical, especially real estate people as well, too. People looking to buy land, whatever. Give us a shout. We have a good inventory. So very good. All good people to know. Well, that does it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I really did. If you have any questions for Al or myself, please feel free to give us a call or by joining the conversation on LinkedIn. Success leaves clues, my friends. And remember, it all starts with one.